Get on down to the Knock Soccer Football Podcast. We got the best soccer around. And you're listening to the Knock Soccer Podcast here on WBZ. <laughs> Welcome to the Knock Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Canever. And Brian, where are we? We are in the studio, parked outside of, I guess, the field at Maryville College. We just witnessed one Knoxville defeat Peachtree City MOBA 3-0 in their return to home action after two weeks on the road. This match was our third home location for the season, Maryville College, right next door to the Smoky Mountains. The setting was more picturesque than the product out on the field, but we did get a 3-0 win, even a clean sheet. Fantastic. So let's talk about the crowd. Maryville College normally has seating capacity for tops 500. They sold about 1,500 tickets. Um, and so they brought in two tractor trailers worth of stands, propped those up right next to the home stands, and then said, hey, guys, fans, bring your camp chairs. And I was a little worried about that one, Brian. I, I didn't know how people would, rec- would respond to that. But, man, did those camp chairs come out. And there was rockers and there was blankets. Like, people embraced it. There was, I mean, we, it was a full horseshoe around this pitch. And it was it was bumping, man. It was bumping. So it felt a little bit like deja vu because, as some of you may know, back in 2014, I was a beat reporter for the Daily Times of Maryville. I would come and cover Maryville College men's and women's soccer matches all the time. That's how I got to know Pepe Fernandez, who was on the podcast just a couple of episodes ago. And at that time, you might see a couple of dozen fans, friends, a lot of family members who would sit in camping chairs around the field. And tonight, you saw that amplified to the thousandth degree. I don't know exactly how many people were in attendance, but like you said, there were more than 1,500 tickets sold. We had those three sets of bleachers, which were completely full. We also had fans standing uh, all around the field, except for on the outside edges of the field. Uh, And so there were hundreds of fans in camping chairs or standing. There was only a white, a thin white rope separating the fans from the benches and the players and the referees. Um, So it was really like a very very high-level youth soccer meets, like, amateur fourth-division soccer, which is yep, what it is, yep. kind of environment. I ran into a lot of my coworkers working out here in Maryville, and they're like, we have a soccer team? This is incredible. We just grabbed some tickets. We are going to pop on by. There might be a handful of people there and just utterly surprised with the turnout, which was fantastic. And I was able to chat with mother-daughter that were on the touchline. So let's get to them right now. So I'm here on the pitch side of the one knock soccer match against Peachtree City. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Amy Henderson. And I'm Ella Henderson. Have you guys been to a match before? This is our first one of the Knoxville matches. How early did you guys get here to get uh, on the pitch? We got here at 7. How's it been being right on the touchline? It's been very good. I think it's a good view. And then a lot of action happening on this side of the goal line. um, And you guys got a picturesque view. How does it feel? Oh, we love it. We like being right where everything's happening. We like it to stay uh, on the other end for this next half, though. (laughs) Yes, that'd be great. So do uh, y'all play soccer? I play for my school team, and I am. I'm currently on a Oak Ridge team. I play for um, Grace Christian Academy. Are you guys going to come out to another match? Oh, for sure. We'll definitely be back. Yes. Well, yeah, I think you guys got the best seat in the house, so uh, way to go. 
All right, so Brian, before we dive into the match and hear from Coach Dino and the rest of the guys, let's take a short break. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC, located at 6932 Kingston Pike. Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds and fine jewelry since 1976. Visit markmansdiamonds.com for all of your jewelry needs. So we were able to run into Jeff Markman. Of course, he's here. We actually got a beer together because, yes, there is beer at this match. It is the club logger from Alliance. Jeff also told us that Owen, his son, was able to go to the middle school coaching match with One Knox, and Diane Andrade was his first coach and was so pumped when Andrade uh, put it back in the net. Owen was super pumped about that. If you are in the market for fine jewelry, luxury watches, or anything like that, treating your mom or your dad, go by Markman's. They're definitely going to help you out. We are so grateful for Jeff Markman and his support of our podcast over this one Knoxville season, but we're also always looking for more support. <laughs> if you support us, it makes this podcast possible. It makes this coverage possible. Uh, it justifies the very late nights that Patty spends editing and, and working in the quiet solitude of his ho home as everybody else sleeps and, around And then him. Brian writing, trying to write with his noise-canceling headphones in the very chaotic corner of his home. Please support us. Our shout out for this episode is one of our five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts from Scott 25 These guys are just infectious with their love and enthusiasm. Great show. Thank you so much, Scott 25 um, We love this just like you love soccer. Everyone, please go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us in your review where you're listening from. Let that be Powell, Farragut, Lenore City, Merrillville, Norway, United Kingdom, Tell us where you're listening from, what you guys enjoy. We will love to give you a shout out on the next episode. If you are somebody who's more frugal like me and supporting us through five-star reviews is a great way of doing that. Also, we're always looking for other creative partnerships too. Uh, I'm in the market for replica soccer jerseys. So if anybody has any <laughs> replica soccer jerseys, I'm, I'm in the market for that too. All right, Brian, we're back. What impressed you most on the field? So it was a scrappy match again that we saw. Um, one Knoxville coming in was the second place team in the division table on 19 points just behind Asheville City. And Peachtree City was the last place team in the table. So when Asheville faced Peachtree earlier in the season, they put six goals past them. On paper, the expectation was for Knoxville to do something similar. Now, in terms of what the team did well, they kept a clean sheet. Ryan Troutman had one terrific save to end the first half uh, where he came in, um, swept it away kind of from close range with his feet. Uh, and then he had two saves in the second half, one which was a outstretched punch to his right, another where he pawed the ball away. Um, so that clean sheet was impressive. The fact that the team scored three goals, the first one, a absolute stunner from, from Zion Andrade. Man. I, I've already clipped this goal at this point, and you're <laughs> watch, you've watched it on, on the Instagram. Uh, I mean, what a golazo uh, from about 20 to 25 yards out. Uh, Zion, who you're going to hear from in a little bit, uh, he took two touches, uh, looked like he was going to shoot on goal, fainted. When the defender did not step, uh, he hit a booming shot with his left foot uh, into the top corner of the net. Goalkeeper tried the best he could, uh, but had no chance at it. Uh, in the second half, 
super subs, Seba Andreessen and Steven Afrifa came in. Seba had another towering header off of an Alex Abril cross. You'll also hear from Seba in just a few minutes. Uh, and Steven Afrifa came in and he did some magical footwork in the box. So a, great. A sweet little circus turn and put it away from close range. Uh, so if I'm looking at this match and I'm looking for positives, that's yep. the clean sheet. Absolutely. The three goals in front of a a ravenous home crowd that just, yep. they, it, they were wanting it. They were wanting that energy from the team. They were feeding the team with energy. And the fact that they now go in uh, to that critical Asheville match on Tuesday, uh, just behind them in the table. With this victory, if they pull off the win in the Smoky Mountain Series on Tuesday, they go they go top of the yep. table, top of the division. And that feeling is going to be amazing when it does happen, speaking into existence right now. Seva came on in the 57th minute. 13 minutes later, he scored with a Thor header. It just, yeah, when he comes on, he he does Thor things. Uh, I was hanging out with a couple of friends of ours that are from out of town. We're over there near the beer tent, near that goal. All of my buddies were like, that was worth it. That was totally worth it being here, seeing that, seeing Seba head that in and celebrate with the crowd. It was amazing. It truly was. Seba Andreessen, an absolute fan favorite. Um, you know, like, like I've said before, uh, if the season ended right now and the fans had to pick their player of the season, no doubt. Seba Andreessen, who now leads one Knoxville with seven goals on the season. Uh, he has scored in three of the four home matches so far. Uh, you know, he really embraced it. Uh, he slid out to the yep. corner, both knees. On a, on a very dry grass, uh, but he committed, man. He was going for it. I didn't check his knees afterward, but they're probably pretty raw from, yep, that, absolutely, from absolutely. that dive. Yep. Uh, yeah, great work from Seba. All right, let's go ahead and get to Coach Dino. Gave us a full rundown of the match. I'm here post-match with assistant coach Dean Gray. Uh, Dino, 3-0 victory against Peachtree City, the bottom side in the division. Uh, we did see three goals, two in the second half. Overall, how do you feel about the team's performance tonight? Yeah, I think the, the main thing is the uh, objectives are met. We always say, you know, we've won and there's a clean sheet. Um, performance, not so much, but if you can... If you can get the result and get the objectives met, um, you know, it's, it's that's, that's the goal. That's what we wanted out of this in the end. But it wasn't the best performance, probably one of the worst performances we've had. So it's what we do now and how we bounce back. So we saw the team had a lot of possession of the ball. But in terms of quality possession, uh, there were a lot of wasted opportunities. Uh, there was a lot of scrappiness. Um, there were a couple of times where Ryan Troutman, the goalie, uh, center back Alberto Suarez had to come uh, to the rescue. What would you have liked to see different uh, from the team tonight? Yeah, um, two major factors was uh, the unforced errors. The unforced errors were too high, you know, um, having the ball and, and playing it to the opponents um, without pressure. You know, that was one of the major things. Uh, the second thing was the um, the energy, the energy on and off the ball. You know, if you're not willing to cover the ground, then you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage. So it was, yeah, it was the unforced errors and the ground covered, which was the problem. And anytime you do that, you give the opponents hope. You know, anytime you give opponents hope, then obviously it hurts you and it hurts the team. So we saw some squad rotation because we know uh, there's a lot of games. Uh, you had a week of rest, which was the first time that's happened this season, but you have a big match on Tuesday against Asheville. Farid Sarsar came in, got his third start of the season uh, as, as the right-sided center back. We also saw Lucas Sunison come into that number nine position, get his first start of the season. Uh, Yannick Kranz, the Carson Newman player in holding midfield. Um, can you talk to me about the squad rotation and, and the players and the style uh, that you've been playing with 
uh, so far? Yeah, um, I think it's all down to assessing what's going on tomorrow, see how the body is, um, see who's available. Obviously, it's a quick turnaround, you know, again, the summer leagues, quick turnaround from game to game. So we're going to look at it tomorrow. We're going to assess it. Um, there's going to be changes guaranteed 100 percent. But what that's going to be, um, we've got to assess what's going on tomorrow. How do you feel about the performance of some of those players who came in and hadn't gotten a lot of games before, like Lucas Sunison, who's getting his first start of the season? But we know he was a Mac Herman Trophy semifinalist last year. A lot of quality up and down the side. Um, do you feel like all of the players are understanding the system despite the amount of playing time that they that they have? Yeah, because we have such a big squad, Brian, because we have such a lot of quality, you know, um, you, you got to take your chance. You know, you, you're not going to have the chance to, to go through a game and, and not provide the goods and, and ha have a chance when you've got a lot of quality behind you, you know, pushing you. But that's why we brought them in, because of the quality, because we know what they can provide. Um, they're going to be in there. Their, their college seasons when they're playing consistently, consistently. Now they're in an environment where you don't get it done, then you, the opportunity might slip away. But um, there's an opportunity to bounce back. Um, one person who really stood out today was, was Big Yannick. Big Yannick, and he's had back-to-back -back games where we've said he's had man-of-the-match performances and he's been fantastic on the ball. He's been fantastic off the ball. And hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully that can continue. So you saw Sebastian Andreessen, who you've been with, uh, a long time at Young Harrison at Des Moines Menace come in and get a towering header in the second half. You also saw Steven Afrifa, the other, uh, the second top goal scorer in the team come in and get a goal. I don't know if you'd call them super subs, but you saw both of them, James Thomas, Marka Matrevsky come in in the second half. Uh, how, how do you feel about the performances of some of those reliable uh, players that, that have been in the team forever? A Seba, a Steven, uh, a Matreski. Big moments, big players in big moments, you know, and um, fantastic with the goals. And that's what we're looking for. That's why we have the depth that we have. Um, still, with, with what they provided coming on, there's still question marks, you know, there's still the question marks of, of, of the off the ball, you know, especially if you're coming in fresh um, from the sub, you're, you're expected, you have all the energy, you have the tank, so you need to empty it. So we still have questions with that, but um, no, no, big moments, they're, they're there ready for it. And, and that's why um, you have the Sebas that consistently scoring and Steven. So no, it, it's good. We need it to be better, <laughs> but it's good. Okay, last question. Asheville beat one Knoxville in the first match of the season, 2-1. They've continued their winning ways. They're top of the division, one Knoxville second in the division. You just have two days of rest before traveling over the mountain to play them. Uh, what do you do in preparation with this team for what could be the division deciding match? It, again, it's um, we're assessing the bodies. We're gonna see how people are. We still got players coming back from injury. Um, there's a there's a lot of talking, a lot of thinking. Like I said um, to you the other day, um, we sit down in the in the house and we put seven different teams out, seven different teams that can potentially win the game. We just got to find the right formula. Um, the quality's there, but we need to make sure the on and the off the ball are at the highest level um, against Asheville. So we're going to prepare the best way, no, way we know how, and um, hopefully we can um, turn up the goods. All right, Brian, you said some great things about Ryan Troutman. Here is Ryan Troutman's debut on the podcast. Here you go, buddy. Flying Ryan Troutman. I got Ryan Troutman here, starting goalkeeper for one Knoxville tonight. It was a little bit of a layoff for you. It's been three weeks since you've gotten a game. How did it feel like to be starting again in that in that number one role? Yeah, I know it was awesome. I think uh, Nikki and I texted last night because I've been out for about a week with a little groin tweak and 
you know, just sitting at training every day, watching the guys kick around. You're just off the side. It's, even though it's a week, it still sucks. But texted last night. It felt like a kid before Christmas. You know what I mean? Just itching to get back out at it. And, you know, just glad to be back in that. So you came in big at the end of the first half. You had two other big saves in the second half. As a goalkeeper, uh, you know, if something goes wrong, all the blame falls on your shoulders. If you do well and the team loses, nobody knows how you performed. Uh, what goes into your head before a big moment like that in the first half where you made that uh, sliding save? You had a, a shot that you punched away in the second half. What goes into your head when you see that ball coming at you? At this point in my career, it's just instinctual, you know what I mean? We go through it, you know, Nikki and um, Chandler, Wyatt, uh, Swinks. We create a great training environment. So we see all kinds of things like this throughout the week and ready for it on match day. So at this point, it's just like routine, you know, just make the save and not much thinking goes into it. So we know there's a lot of competition in that goalkeeper position. Uh, you and Peter Swinkles have been the starting goalkeeper swapping games. Uh, Chandler Hallwood, who has an injury, uh, came in from Marquette. Uh, we got Wyatt Brace, the local kid, and the team as well. What's the relationship like with the goalkeepers in the side, especially on match day when you know it's just going to be one of you out there? Yeah. No, I think it's great. It's fantastic. we got a great relationship, all of us. Um, I think it's nice to, to have that support group because we're all, all pushing for each other. You know what I mean? We push each other throughout the week. And when they make the decision, you know, you have to respect it because we're all good goalkeepers. So I think if Peter's in goal, I'm his biggest fan. I want him to, you know, get a shutout, get three points. When I'm in goal, Peter, you know, same for me. He wants the best. So I think it's good that uh, we have that understanding, that mutual respect for each other. And it's, it's just a great environment to be a part of. So we know you're a Kentucky boy. Uh, we're not too far away from home for you here in East Tennessee. Uh, what is it like playing in front of fans like this at Maribel College tonight? The field was surrounded. We had well over a thousand people. Uh, what's the environment like for you as a player? No, I mean, it, it's phenomenal. It, it's hard to beat this. It really is. For a USL2 um, environment especially, you don't see this anywhere in the country. And I think this rivals some pro teams as well. Like just the support coming out, community behind us, little kids out of the game. It, it, it's special. You can't, you can't beat it. And then now let's go ahead and get to uh, Zion Andrade. Is that right? Is that, is that close? Zion Andrade. I, you know, somebody told me I was mispronouncing it, and I said, look, I'm South American. Yep. And I, I've been around a lot of Portuguese people. You took I, offense to that. I grew up just outside <laughs> of Ironbound in Newark, which has like the largest Brazilian population outside of Brazil. And so I knew it was Andrade. And somebody was like, it's Andrade. I was like, no, it's not. It's Andrade. And so you'll hear it. He tells me I did it right. I did it right. <laughs> let's get to him right now. I got Zion Andrade here, uh, the goal scorer, had a potential goal of the year candidate. Uh, first, Zion, can you please tell us how to properly pronounce your name? Zion Andrade. Okay. Your pronunciation was really good, though. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, South American brother here, you know, uh, I'm Argentinian. Zion's Brazil Brazilian. That was a very Brazilian strike. From up in the commentary tent, I saw you take two feints like you were going to shoot on goal. You're about 20 to 25 yards out, and you rifled in that ball into the top corner. Is that something that you're looking for? Did that come out of nowhere for you? Can you talk me about the, the lead-up to that goal? Yeah, so, I mean, Mitch played me of the, the, the throw in. And I saw the guy didn't step on me, so I had time to turn. And I took the first touch and I was gonna strike on the other side. But then I saw the guy, he kept just backing up. Backing up. So I took another touch and then I was looking for that far corner. 
So yeah, it was a great strike. It's a great sensation just in front of all the fans. It's awesome. All right, Zion. So you're Brazilian, obviously. Those attacking positions probably come very naturally for you. Even though you're a larger player at 5'11", I saw you move into more of a defensive midfield role or deep-lying playmaker role in the second half. Um, can you talk to me about what you look to do when you're on the field and how your role changes when you are up top and then like in the second half being asked to move back so being up top what marks asked of me is just uh, uh kind of finding the pocket and getting that ball from the center back or the sixes and turning and facing there and just being creative and when i go into a more deep position as a six it's more of like getting the ball from the center backs and creating and usually i have a guy right next to me like i'm fernie or seth and uh those guys that are like energy all over and it's awesome to have them because it's like they they kind of like as the other half that not missing but that we kind of complement each other and it's just awesome to play with them yeah is that the best goal you've ever scored tonight it's definitely up there definitely up there that that goal is awesome i'm i'm gonna watch it a thousand times when i get home <laughs> so i know you've hobbled off the field tonight uh with a bit of, bit of a knock on your ankle um you've played for mark mckeever before you were in the des moines men's side that won the national championship last year you know where this team is at nine games into the season. Uh, can you foreshadow for us, look into the future and tell us what does one Knoxville have to do to be at that level that you've seen before uh, with, with the Des Moines Menace, with Marquette? Um, what does one Knoxville have to do uh, to really make a run for the, for the title this year? I mean, we have the players, we have the coaching staff, we have the fans, we have the atmosphere, we have everything that we need to be the top team in the, in the nation. So, I think all we need is just the players performing. We need energy. We need uh, togetherness. We need just just to be there for each other, you know, because we have everything that we need to be to be at the top because the players are amazing. We have the A team that we're here today, and then we have guys on the stands that are just as good as anybody on the field, you know. So it's just awesome to be in that in that competitive environment being there every day with the guys in uh, any uh, any of the surfaces, either grass or turf. Everyone's just quality. Honestly, everyone's just quality. Last question: How does Brazil do in the World Cup this this winter? Oh, I'm I'm hoping for for a sixth title. Oh, uh, I, I we need that. We need that. We we haven't waited that long, but we actually need it. I want. I love Neymar, and I just need him to to win one of one for us, just to kind of like um, like sh shut everyone up. Like this is the guy that that just did so much for Brazil and we need it. I'm just so nervous for for the World Cup. Anytime that it comes up, I'm just like speechless because I'm just so anxious, it's crazy. Let's go ahead and hear from Seba. So I've got Sebastian Andres in here, uh, scored his seventh goal of the season, a towering header in the second half, ran off to the corner flag, dove. Uh, it looked like you were like you were ready to be physically embraced by the one Knoxville fans. Seba, can you talk me through what goes in your head when you see one of those crosses in the box? Uh, what are you thinking when you see uh, Alex Abril hit that cross? First, I think, get my ass in the box. <laughs> Sorry about language, but get myself in the box and see where the ball lands and just go fight for it, go get it. You know, that's, that's the mentality. Get some space and go get the ball and then get, you, get to the end of it. And then hopefully it goes in the back of the net. So you came on in another super sub role uh, tonight. Um, you know, I, I imagine you like to start on, on every single game, but we got a big squad, a lot of rotation. You scored last week with Max McNulty's cross, this week on Alex Abril's cross. Can you tell me what your mentality is as soon as you're brought onto the field? Are you thinking, 
I'm going to score tonight. Are you, I saw you also contributed some build-up play with Steven Afrifa. Uh, what's your style when you get onto the field? The first objective when I come onto the field is make sure we win the game. That's always the first objective. And then, you know, it's a second objective would be score a goal. And it, whatever I need to do to, to help the team win is what I want to do. And, you know, if that's coming off the bench or starting, you know, I'll do whatever I can to help the team. So that's, that's just the mentality around it to, to win the games. I, I ran into your dad. Uh, before the game started, we were over at the beer stand. Uh, he actually had three beers in his hand. I only had one. And I said, uh, Mr. Andresen, what's the difference between Sebastian and Erling Holland? And he said about five million pounds a week. So I'll ask you, what's the difference between Sebastian Andresen and Erling Holland? Uh, he's much, much, much better than me in football. <laughs> that's that's the truth of it. And then a lot of money. <laughs> that's that's basically the truth of it. The USL League Two. Uh, it's a short season, condensed season. Uh, uh, and a lot of you are international players, but we've seen families arrive from all over the country to come watch. I've seen Adam Kirkwood's parents actually stood with them and talked with them. I know uh, Jamesy's parents were here. Uh, what's it like to have your family here? And what is it going to be like on Tuesday night when you all travel to take on Asheville City, the team, the only team to beat one Knoxville so far this season? What are the Andreessen family conversations going to be like in the lead up? Uh, describe it for me. First of all, it's truly just like the best feeling in the world that my mom and dad can be here and it's it's uh, I haven't I don't see them a lot I usually see them just once a year so it's uh, it's an amazing feeling and a special feeling to to have them here and then I'm so happy I also I get to score in front of them so that's a that's a really really good feeling second when it comes to Asheville and uh, the family uh, like Andreas and talks is that you know if you lose you're a loser that's all that matters in my family it's you win that's all that, that all that matters I've been competing with my dad since I could barely walk and he would never ever let me win in anything he would if we played soccer together he was crushed me 20 zero because it was never gonna let me win since day one so it's all about winning that's a that's the that's the mentality so the the scruffs and the one Knoxville faithful have completely embraced you if we had to decide the fans player of the season so far incontestably it would be you can you talk to me about your relationship with the fans, the goal celebrations, how you feel like uh, you've been embra embraced by the city. You know, they it's 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 a truly a special feeling because they they take it so good good care of me, you know, from from the very first minute and it's 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 a very special feeling and you know, the least I could do to repay them like how they treat me is to try to win them games and score them goals for them. So, it's um, they're 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 really special and they're they're it's, it means a lot to me. So Mark McKeever has described you as a warrior, the kind of player that opposing center backs, when they when they see you coming onto the field, they're like, "Damn it! Like we don't want to we don't want to face this kind of player." Uh, if you had a message to send out uh, to Asheville, uh, which is the team that you'll be playing on Tuesday, um, what do you say? What's what's the message from Sebastian Andres and to the to the center backs that you'll face uh, for the rest of the season? Game on, baby! <laughs> Game on. And on that note, we're out. Brian, any final thoughts on this match as we go into the rest of the season? So from, from my purview in the commentary booth, I saw that the game was fairly sloppy. Like uh, Coach Gray alluded to, there were a lot of unforced errors. Uh, there were a couple of times where Alberto Suarez, the center back, had to come in uh, with some heroic clearances like, like we said, yeah. Ryan Troutman had to be called into duty. There was a big cheer and chant and hooray for a wonderful save by Troutman, which is 
which is fantastic. I love Troutman doing his job, but why did that happen? <laughs> like, you know, like, but our, our, the fan base was ecstatic about it, but it's like, it, there was clearly a breakdown. And, and that's what Mark McKeever is going to take the next two days to address. Uh, like we said, like the, like the, the coach said, um, there's been a lot of rotation in the squad. Again, we're running players that are, you know, we, we're, we're between 30 to 40 players right now. Buster Schoberg, the big Viking Swede, he wasn't in the team tonight. Finn McRobb, uh, who's one of the top 50 prospects in the country, not in the team tonight. Moses Mensa, number two prospect in the country, a left back who's very likely to play in the MLS in the next two seasons, also not in the team. I'm Fernie Arias Sinclair, the Costa Rica former U20 international, also not in the team. So it was a heavily rotated team. Uh, and that's because of what's happening in just a couple of days. Uh, at the same time, though, Patty and you and I were standing out there on the field uh, watching McKeever give his final thoughts to the team, and he wasn't satisfied yep. with the performance. He's said it to us before on the podcast. He's a perfectionist. He expects the team to be perfect, and maybe that's unrealistic, but what he saw tonight were a lot of opportunities to improve. There were a lot of challenges that need to be addressed, particularly with the fluidity of play, the domination of the opponent, regardless of what the scoreline is. Uh, and so you know that they're going to be working really hard in practice yeah, in the next couple absolutely. of days so that if, if the game ends 1-0 one, one or 1-0 one or 2-1 or whatever the result is on Tuesday, the team will have performed to what, what he believes uh, their level is, and he, he didn't feel like they, they met that level tonight. We did come away with a victory. All the fans were so pleased. After the huddle, they were chanting, one knocks, one knocks, one knocks. It seems like we we got some Maryville fans behind us on this side of the town, which was great. So all in all, a fantastic experience over here at Maryville College. Thanks so much, Maryville College, for having us. We can't wait to come back on Saturday. But before that, a quick turnaround for the boys. Tuesday against Asheville in the beautiful city, but also probably citadel of Asheville. We are traveling to Mordor to come away with a victory. Brian and I will be there for that match, as well as my lovely wife. We're all making the, the travel over there. Uh, Brian, how, how are you feeling about this match, man? Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm nervous. Like you said, it's Gosh, like man. it's like gladiators walking into a coliseum. One Knox was walking into enemy territory on Tuesday. Asheville City is, I mean, they're just a splendid team. Uh, we know this is a Knox Soccer podcast, but uh, we, we try to balance uh, our fandom with, with a level of neutrality. And neutrally speaking, Asheville City is the dominant team in the yep, division. Absolutely. Kemi Amiche, the Frenchman, uh, who is a teammate of Moses Mensa and Diego Conings for Campbell University. Um, he's also one of the top 10 prospects in the country. Very, very talented player. Um, Asheville, they score a lot of goals. They won 3-0 on the road against Tennessee Soccer Club. Most recently, uh, they did drop a couple of points unexpectedly uh, last week, which has put one Knoxville in a position to leapfrog them in the table. So Asheville is just an incredible team. They've got incredible support. The South Slope Blues are going to be out yep, there. Absolutely. Uh, we know some of the scruffs are traveling. So oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a don't you miss it kind right, of match. Absolutely. We did chat briefly with Jimmy, GM of Asheville City SC, and he says it's going to be a hell of a match, and we totally agree. We will be traveling to the match. Dear listener, please join us. Grab your ticket. Link in the show notes is actually a doubleheader with the their USLW team and then Asheville City SC, the men's team. So grab that doubleheader ticket. 
and join us. We'll be kitted out and loud as hell. We will record a car take on our way back driving through the mountains. Be sure to follow along wherever you find your pods, as well as knocksoccerpodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, telling us where you're listening from and everything that you're enjoying about it. All right, let's go, boys and cream. Let's bring home this uh, Tuesday victory. Thank you so much for a wonderful time here in Maryville College. We'll see you as we come back to Maryville College next Saturday. Um, yeah, see you guys on Tuesday. It's so late and we're tired. Yes, exactly. All right, bye, guys.